0: You Colin. First thing on the mic for episode three is a hearty fuck you, Colin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the first thing on the mic for every episode.
0: What's up, my beautiful honeys? This is episode three of No Degree. And I'm back here at the Chateau Burning.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm back here with Gabe, Colin, Tori, and we have a new guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Yo, what up? I'm Cole. Um third year at UC. I work with Gabe and Oliver.
0: Oh. Hey man, Cole's the shit. Same as everybody else that's here. I smell like shit. Colin smells like shit. And uh, we've got a pretty interesting treat in store for the, ca- for the podcast today. Yeah. We are watching Christine.
2: Christine, 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 Christine. I'm Very baby adamantly baby. sung.
0: <laughs> Very adamantly sung by Gabe Burning. This is a movie that came out in, what year did it come
2: out?
1: Came out in 1983.
0: 83? Directed by John Carpenter. Right after he directed The Thing, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an next one.
0: This is based off of the Stephen King novel. It's about a car that kills people. I don't know anything yeah. about this movie, so...
2: Okay, so to be fair, like, I've, re- I've looked into the movie a little bit, but most I know about this is from what I've read from the book. And just to catch you up, the book came out in 1983 along with the movie. <laughs> so pretty much Stephen King was very popular at this time, and so... He had some manuscripts ready, and they're just like, let's get these into production into a movie. And so that's why Christine, the book, and the movie came out the same year. And John Carpenter was kind of desperate to look for a new project because after the thing flopped, he wanted you know, something new. And so he took Christine, and like I said, I read the book. This is the first Stephen King book I've ever read. But the story's pretty run-of-the-mill, from what I've heard. You know, you just kind of have, you know, a bunch of, you know, horny, swearing teenagers who are kind of running <laughs> this horror situation. You have, you know, the range of super-strict to super-nonchalant parents. You have a small-town setting, and you have this supernatural evil killer, which from what i heard, the movie, the car is just intrinsically evil, but in the book, it's actually possessed by its initial owner, who's... Oh, you know, okay.
0: So I- it's, like the, it's like The Shining, sort of? like Because in the book, it's like something paranormal is going on, but in the movie it's like, the guy's just going crazy. Sort of like that. Right,
2: yeah. Which, (coughs) it's probably not a bad take because um, Stephen King really does a great job of, like, kind of building a world around it, where the movie, they probably wanted a little more streamlined, so they kind of focused it down to, he's just evil from... And so, like, I've heard people say that this is kind of like Halloween in a way, because we don't really know why the character, like, why Michael Myers is evil. Just, like, the car is just, it's just evil. It's not, there's no, like, real building up, whereas Christine's just, like, there's kind of the backstory with the original owner, how he was just a very hateful, spiteful man. And, um, what I really loved about the book, and, like, a lot of people say it's pretty run-of-the-mill Stephen King, is, I just really liked his writing style. He elaborately describes the character in a succinct, yet intriguing way he goes into So, and-
0: when you say character, are you talking about the car?
2: More than just the car. He, like, really builds up his characters, even if they're just minor characters. He'll in, huh.
1: In the book, is the car also a the theory?
2: Yes. And apparently he chose that because, at the time, it wasn't a very well-known car. And so he kind of wanted, you know, that sort of level of neglect to the car. And, like, now it's very prominent because of the movie.
0: So, the car is evil, and yeah. he well, wants to kill people.
1: evil's a strong word. Mm-hmm. I think, as with most classic American cinema, this is a love story, and I think uh, mm. it is kind of a love story, though. Yeah, Interesting. Kind of
0: like... So, how does does the car just run over people then?
2: Pretty much, well, ran is into that into that or is problem? it like a
0: transformer and it like cuts their heads off? You just have to watch it then. I do have to watch it. I
2: mean, I don't. Actually, I don't want to spoil uh, too much, but it, 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 it does it run into people and but swallows you whole. Mm. It does try to it does try to, actually, like, it flashes its heads, headlights at you, and then you think you're fine, and then later when you're eating dinner, a car just bursts out of your stomach, <laughs> like aliens. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just kidding, it's not like that. <laughs> but anyways, as I was saying, like, Stephen King, like, he takes a normal story, and he kind of elevates it by, like, he kind of goes on little tangents, that's why some, that's why some of his books, like, It and them are, like, really thick, because he goes, like, on these tangents to develop the setting, but I mm-hmm. think he goes on just enough tangents to kind of place you in the world without getting too uh, out of focus. Do you know the
0: first Stephen King book to be adapted to film?
2: Carrie. I it know okay. it's yeah. his first book, but it came out in 74, and the movie came out in 76, okay. so it might be the first. But, like I said, I'm, I'm fairly new, and like because this is the only Stephen King book I've read, but this is just what I've heard. And, um, like I said, he takes a fairly simple story and kind of elevates it with detail and just, like, you know, he makes it focused, yet kind of vast and immersive. And since this is kind of the expectations part of the show, I'm kind of, that's kind of what I'm expecting with this, because John Carpenter is known for taking really simple ideas and just elevating them to something new by, you know, working, because, like, camera work and the music and all that stuff in Halloween was great and so if John Carpenter is at the helm of this film I expect it to be very much a okay this is a simple story about an evil car that kills people and he's going to elevate it that much and like that's kind of how I feel about the book and the movie like you're not going to find like a ton of symbolism themes satire parallels politics that sort of thing like these, these two guys they just love to entertain so mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm going to get out of this. It's going to be atmospheric because you have a '50s car in a setting that takes place during the '70s in a movie that's been filmed and written in the '80s. So you're yeah. going to see a lot of, like, huh. very a lot of decades, kind of think wild. Of right.
0: So has anyone read or seen this movie besides Gabe? I've seen it. I've seen you seen the, movie? seen the movie? Yeah, so yeah. what's to look forward to in this for someone who knows nothing <laughs> about it?
1: But if you've never seen it, um. It, it really is a love story um, the two characters in this are it's really the car and then the boy who falls in love with this car and a lot of uh, pretty much the entire movie revolves around them as uh, as a couple if you if you will I don't think he fucks the car in this but why not I think uh, that's
0: the only reason I'm watching
1: <laughs> <laughs> well uh maybe there's a director's cut somewhere <laughs> I bet I bet he fucks the car. It gets pretty weird. It gets pretty weird pretty fast. Um,
0: is there like any cool effects or anything like there wasn't the thing or anything?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of cool practical effects. That's what I'm ta- I just said. Thing like four times. Accompanied in a row. <laughs> by <laughs> classic John Carpenter. But that's what I'm talking about. Yep. It's, so it is a lot thing like thing. Halloween. There's a lot of he um. A lot of similarities, but definitely. Um, Obviously, different movies. Yeah, for sure. beyond the fact that one of the characters is a car. Yeah. There's some, there's some pretty creepy night stuff or things going on this one. But, cool. Uh,
0: that sounds like a lot of stuff to look forward to. Just like, I'm know. definitely excited for some John Carpenter practical effects magic mm-hmm. going on.
1: It's, yeah.
0: Cole, do you watch any old movies or anything?
3: Um, I have not. I don't know too much <clears throat> about this movie. Um, just from what they've told me about the car, um, but it seems pretty interesting. Have I mean, you ever, I've,
0: like, read any Stephen King or anything like that?
3: Uh, I don't think I have read a Stephen King novel.
0: So this is, like, a totally fresh,
3: I, like, I would say this is a completely new experience for myself. Yeah. Um, definitely checking out this older cinema. Um, I'm sure we'll all be a little bit inspired by coming to order, um, effects they used to do in their films. And yeah, how that because, like,
0: you, you doing, for anyone listening... Cole does a bunch of video stuff, and he's a videographer, and um, like, I think like maybe trying to take inspiration from some of this bullshit. I think
3: I think some of the practical special effects that nowadays we kind of try to just do in post and editing. Yeah, uh, we need to get back to just doing more in camera and less in the post production side of things. Um, So I'm hoping maybe I can get a couple ideas from this film, even just maybe a retro look that I'd want to do on yeah. a future music video or anything like that. What's
0: your opinion on, like, practical versus CGI?
3: Um, I think if it can be done in camera, you know, on the set, um, it definitely should happen because yeah. if you have that foundation of something physically happening, you For could sure. be able to touch it up in post-production.
0: So you're, you'd are you take, like, a more Nolan approach to, like, filming a movie rather than, like, a Zack Snyder? Definitely. definitely. <laughs> cool. Honestly, I don't
3: really know who those two guys are. So
0: wait, you don't know Nolan Dark Knight? I'm talking about like Dark Knight versus like the new Batman's, because the oh, new okay. Batman's are like all CGI, gotcha. but the Dark gotcha. Knights all practical. Okay, okay,
3: now I now I know where you're coming from. They um, really flipped that truck,
0: dude. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Like in an interview with Nolan, they're like, "How did you flip that truck in post?" and he just goes, "I didn't. I just flipped the fucking truck in the middle of <laughs> Chicago." <laughs> 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 but yeah, so you were saying you you think like doing stuff practically is a better option. Oh definitely.
3: Um I know it can be difficult to pull off some of the shots that we see in like today's movies. Um but if you have a big enough budget it can definitely happen and I think it looks awesome when they are able to incorporate that during the filming.
0: Well I mean this guy, John Carpenter and like David Cronenberg, they're like the kings of eighties body horror practical effects, if you ask Mm me. I'm trying to think of I don't think I can think of any other examples that are like just imitators top tier just like they are.
2: I mean, well, I think the other ones are like, you know, Spielberg and guess they are kind of known for well, like, yeah, but, making their own studios. Yeah. And yeah. Effects, but for like lesser known, like kind of
0: But you don't see anything coming out of like Spielberg movie that's like people's stomachs exploding and stuff like that. Like
2: True, just just pulling people's hearts out, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> and melting
0: their faces off. Yeah, I guess there is Temple of Doom <laughs> in Indiana Jones. But yeah, so um, sorry, go ahead.
1: Um, this is a. Um, I don't remember there being so much body gore in this film. Yeah, but it's definitely, it's there. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty violent. But what it is is probably, I'd say, probably one of the best examples of um, the inanimate ob, inanimate object horror okay. movies. Um, this is probably this probably does the best job at it. Yeah, and probably one of the only few that actually take itself seriously. What's another example of an like it Child's Play? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Basket <laughs> Case. Rubber. Rubber
0: rubber, dude. I wanna watch that so bad. That'd be fun. A killer tire. <laughs> it's So
3: awesome.
2: So Cole, in your next uh, rapper music video,
3: are you gonna flip a car? Um, I don't think the budget will be there. But, <laughs> you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day.
0: Take some inspiration from this man.
3: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> the technology used in these practical effects is something that could easily be done today. Um, just looking at how much we've come as a people and our abilities mechanically to produce something like that. So. For sure. From my research,
2: I did learn a couple things about the special effects in this movie, but I think that'd be better to talk about later. Yeah, after the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Tori, you've been kind of quiet. You've been chomping down on mac and cheese.
4: Oh, it's so good.
0: You got anything to say about it? Are you excited for anything? You've seen? You said you've seen, seen it before, it right? Yeah. So what do you like about it? What's good about it?
4: I don't know. It's just a good movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do you agree with Colin that it's a love story?
4: I think it's an interesting way to put it. I mean, I'm, I can see where he's coming from. It's the best love story
2: of
0: all like time. Like all love stories, it's a tragedy.
2: <laughs> it is a tragic love yeah. story because, like, you see the character who buys the car kind of get transformed throughout the relationship, and
4: then. Of course There's death Yeah But it's also a love story Between a Boy and a car So Hmm. (laughs) Just like my own Uh, So It it is 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 just a Colin. I've
1: been fucking my car all day Dang dude Dude that's inappropriate Yeah grease doesn't rub off Yeah I don't want to
0: prove That language on my podcast So You're gonna have to tone it down A little bit dude I'm sorry I'm just kidding Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want Colin
1: I fucked my car Not in my house (laughs) (laughs) There's actually, have
0: you guys seen that? There's like a show, uh, yeah, like My Strains Addiction or whatever, where like oh, yeah. a guy is actually in love oh. with this like car. red like,
3: Yes, oh yes. I've seen it on Facebook probably three or four times.
0: Like, There's also nice. one where he's like in love with a roller coaster. Like, yes. It's the, it's the, the woman. The it's the woman. and It's yeah. like the
3: mobile one. It's like the one attracted to like a semi and it like flows okay. out.
1: That's the, narrowness, the narrow jibs, man.
0: <laughs> Interesting shit, man. Interesting shit.
1: Speaking of interesting shit, let's get into this movie. You guys ready to go? Let's see some interesting yeah, shit? I'm definitely ready to watch this. There's one piece of pizza left. Does anybody, does anybody want it? Important, I'll it later.
0: Alright, we're ready? gonna... What was that? Alright, let's 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 get this popping. We'll meet up with you guys in a few seconds, right after this break. Christine, Christine, let's get going with Christine.
1: Christine, Christine. Wait, why are the lights on?
0: Oh yeah, let's get the lights off.
1: Fuck okay. okay actually gonna shoot your lights
2: out
0: if this happens again. Oh my god. Technical difficulties. But we're get we're back. We're back. Dude, I was expecting that to be just like a kind of like entertaining funny, like, thriller or whatever. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, I really liked it. Like, it was that, especially the scene where, uh, they blew up the gas station and Christine was on fire. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. How the fuck did they do that? It's
2: Apparently a lot of fire retardant. That's how they had to do it. A lot of fire retardant. The guy driving it, like, plus the guy driving it could barely see because they blacked out the windows because they didn't want it it went to be kind of ambiguous as to whether the car was like doing it itself or whether Arnie was doing it at first. Yeah. Even though, like, in the trailers back then they totally gave it away that the car was just evil. Hmm. Like the tagline was like, you know, built by fury made by Satan or something. <laughs> <laughs> so using, made by Nothing it. to do with the movie. Built by Fury made by Satan? Plymouth. That that's ad living it. That's ad living it. Like, that's what the trailer said. I'm just like, what?
1: Yeah, that, that entire scene where Christine kills Buddy Raperton or whatever. Rapperton Rapperton. Is why you watch this movie. I think that is the best example of, of how this movie has, um, has held up to modern mm-hmm. day. I think it's kind of unique in that way uh, of John Carpenter's movies in that it's... It, you know, you may as well be watching a movie from last year. I mean, some of the acting is a bit of a, yeah. it
0: was a so stick 80s. in the mud.
1: So 80s. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine because it is the 80s. But the effects, the story arc, the progression of the characters, it's yeah. all pretty pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I, I, I was thinking of just like, I was thinking of Spider-Man the whole time because it was like, just like a symbiote suit sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah, gets he it and then it, over. Yeah, it mm-hmm. releases all of his aggression and right, once he gets separated from it, he dies. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, like, and in the book, like I said, the car was technically possessed by um, Roland LeVay, who was the original owner, and he's the one who's like... Roland LeVay? LeVay. Oh, I was going to say so like <laughs> Anton LeVay. <laughs> yeah, like... <that. laughs> yeah, no, no, not Anton LeVay. I know who you're talking about but it was um, Roland LeBay and basically um, like how it describes in the book, it's basically like Arnie becomes more and more like LeBay, so he's just like more hateful and like, see the thing is LeBay used terms like shitters and like finest smell in the world except maybe for pussy Yeah, <laughs> like he would say stuff like that and so Arnie started saying like stuff like that and people were like, Arnie, you're not yourself anymore and I think the actor did a good job of like Okay, he's this like nerdy, like clumsy doofus, yeah. and then he just like starts getting more and more like crazy. I think crazy.
0: I think the change was too sudden.
2: It was. It was kind of like
0: one moment he was a big nerd, and then the mm-hmm. next moment he was this like badass. Yeah, I think dude. it was kind of gradual.
3: It was because if you think about like the very beginning, and then if you go to where he's working on a car and the guy approaches him and like yeah. offers him that job, he was like not in his nerdy clothes. But he was mm-hmm. still respectful, so it was like oh, half yeah. and half. So. I guess that's yeah, true.
1: Still kind of a loser. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, he's in you know black eyeliner and mm-hmm. he's got that you know blue light from the dashboard lighting up. He looks kind of that was a cool shot. I, I really like, that was yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah.
2: I will say this: if you have not seen the movie and you have not read the book, I would suggest seeing the movie first and then reading the book if you're int- if you like the movie, because. I think the book goes way more in depth, and everything is more gradual because it's five hundred pages. This is only not yeah. even two hours. So if you if you're interested in seeing the movie, from what we say, see the movie, and then if you like the movie well enough, and you're like, okay, that was great, I want to see more. I like I want to you know want to flesh out the story a little more, then read the book because what I'm getting is Colin and Oliver and Cole have not read the book, but they loved the movie, and I thought the movie was really well done too, but I kind of knew everything that was coming because I had read the book, and, like, that's kind of what you get when you make a movie so faithful to the book, The book is like, you know, you kind of know what to expect. You're happy that it's faithful to the book, but you don't know what to, but you already know what to expect. So I'd say, see the movie, read the book.
0: Okay.
1: It's an easy movie to love, but it does do some things that are hard to forgive. Like in the end, when the girl's just standing there as the car is (laughs) inching towards her, it's like, what? What are you really thinking about right now? What's going through?
2: I call that like the Home Alone. Like (laughs) it's like Home Alone. Like they see like a lawnmower is going to like thrill (laughs) them in the face, yet they just look at it and scream. It's like. Does a lawnmower
0: Roger. drill someone in the face in Home Alone? Home Alone 3. Like dead oh, Home Alone 3. Dude, Home Alone 3 <laughs> is, like, batshit. Like, it's, it's like, so how good. does that kid the do it? Right? The
2: car and the bomb in it or
1: whatever <laughs> the fuck, or the flash drive.
2: But, like, even the first kill, like, it was a constricted space, and, like, the car was approaching and crushing him. Like, I'm just like, dude, kid, I know you're fat, but... Just get on the hood of the car. <laughs> run,
4: like, jump over the car. Like, it's, coming, <laughs> no, fat, right? it's like coming at you
2: slowly. Just get on top of the car. Like, who knows? Maybe the car would have, like, flipped its hood up and, like, flipped him over the car and, like, backed over him. But it's like, dude, kid, don't just look at it, scream, and wait for it to kill, like, run. Wait for it to
0: cut you in half at that. I
2: don't know. <coughs> yeah, I like mean, pretty much awesome. pinned. I mean, he, yeah, he was, he was kind of pinned, but, like, at the same time, like... Well, my, com- kind of my,
0: complaint, and, my complaint is, why would you run back there? Maybe he thought it was too narrow for
1: the car to get through. Should have Yeah. Maybe he thought... I mean, he like, doesn't know the car <coughs> he, yet. he just thinks some, some crazy guy is trying to fucking run him over. Yeah. Memory. He, he backs in the corner and pulls out a switchblade. He's like, you're dead now, you... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...shitter, you yeah. fucker. <laughs> and then the car uh, cuts true. him in half. just fucking awesome. This movie scares me. As yeah, I actually I like jumped
0: I actually jumped at the end when it
1: makes it, me feel nervous. Yeah. You know? Dude, even, even more than I, Halloween day. Tori
0: saw it. I was like dancing to a song and then my chair like it like jolted or something and I'm just like
1: boop. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know. How, 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 ever, how they turn a car into a character like that is I think beyond words sometimes.
4: Because a lot
1: of inanimate horror movies from the 80s you just watch them for fun and you know yeah. they're gonna suck but you're you know you're along for the ride cause you're into that kind of shit right but yeah. it's not gonna scare you it's 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 cool like you could tell the car had like er the car
0: sorry Christine I, I called you a car <laughs> but it's cool that you could tell it. Christine just had like a motivation and right. she was just kind of just going with that motivation and I, I'm still kind of confused on maybe you can clear this up since you've read the book is is it is there like a soul bond or something between like the driver and the car like
2: kind of because like like i said cuz
0: i was confused about the part when um when arnie died like the car shut off but then it came back i don't really understand
2: that i don't i don't really know because honestly i think the movie like a couple things the movie did better is one the book doesn't have like the car on fire chasing Buddy down. Yeah. In fact, like, most of the kills take place during the winter, like, those take place during the winter, but most of the kills in the book take place during a snowstorm. Okay. And so, Hmm. you get the opposite of fire. Um, But, like, one thing I did think the movie did better is, like, just the image of, like, a fiery car chasing and then eventually running over a fiery corpse. Like, yeah, it's, like, one of the best parts of the movie. so good Um, at
1: making icons.
2: but, like I said, the movie, like, the car is kind of possessed by the soul of Roland LeBay who is dead and he's just a hateful person and apparently Was he like, mentioned
0: in the movie at all? Is, was he like the guy's brother or something?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. And so like he's just kind of, you know, flung aside, but he's really prominent in the book and like the stuff about like he didn't commit suicide in the car, but his wife committed suicide in the car and much like Lee almost died his daughter died by like suffocating in the car and so that like once he dies then his spirit kind of comes back to possess the car and possesses arnie Mm -hmm. and that kind of brings me back to like what the movie did better because in the book like they basically arnie is going with his mom on a college visit and the like that's when talking to the police officer, not Junkins, because Junkins gets killed by Christine, but he's talking to a police officer, and they're like, oh, we have to tell you about Arnie, and Dennis is like, is he dead? And he's like, yeah, he died, like, there was a there was a car accident on the way to college, so he has, like, Arnie get, just gets, like, this weird, like, you know, like, they don't describe his death, it's just like, oh, this happened, and so it could have had something to do with, you know, LeBay's ghost again.
1: Sounds like he's p- yeah, parallel. I'm guessing what the movie
2: was saying is, like, you know, Christine was a little sad that, like, you know, they found a new owner, because really what, like, in the book it describes LeBay as seeing, like, Arnie, like, as the next person to kind of, you know, be Christine's next mate, per se, Hmm. and so I think how I interpreted the movie is Christine was kind of sad, like, that he passed, and then she wanted vengeance. She lost another owner. But that's just my interpretation of the movie. Because the movie is, like, like I said, that part of the movie is a little different from the book.
0: Is there anything in the book where Christine just sort of attacks and kills, like, random people? Or is it always when something's done to her or her driver?
2: It's usually some motivation. So, she kills the bully. So, it's like, not
0: just some sadistic spirit that just wants to hurt people.
2: Right. Like, it's a sadistic spirit that is out for vengeance, pretty okay. much. So. It's not. It's not like Michael Myers just killing like random babysitters. It's like the car. You know, Only ones the boys get damaged. topless. The the, the the except for Jamie Lee Curtis, but not um, not. the basically the car just goes after the bullies that damaged her, and then it goes after Will Darnell. <laughs> His his death, like in the movie, is just in the garage. But his death, like it's crazy in the book. Like the car comes during this like snowstorm into his living room, just like. Busts through his house into his living room. Okay. Darnell is like going up the stairs. She's like ramming into the stairs, like breaks the stairs, and like Darnell. Like these deaths are gruesome. When, like Stephen King really describes them, like in yeah. like gruesome detail. That's why I'm saying, like, see the movie, then like read the book because this was after the Thing, and the Thing was criticized for being like way too gory for the time, and so <laughs> that's why um, maybe John Carpenter. Still today. <laughs> yeah. That's why John Carpenter cut down on the gore and upped the language so that he could get an R rating.
4: Hmm.
2: Because without the language, it wouldn't have like, gotten an R rating. It could have possibly gotten away with PG at the time. But the book has plenty of cursing, so that wasn't an issue really.
1: I, um, I didn't think it would be fair to ask you before, but now it seems um, a little more appropriate. Gabe, do you think you preferred the movie? over the book or the book over the movie? Would you prefer to consider them as kind of apples and oranges?
2: Um, kind of apples and oranges. It sounds
1: like you like the movie more than the book. I can't say because I didn't read the book.
2: I don't know. The book, like, you kind of see the gradual change and it, like, is more, like, you see the change as more gradual just because it's longer. Mm -hmm. But I think the books, I think the movie summarized it pretty well in the sense that it just, like, Nobody wants to see a three-hour movie. I would have been interested to see this as, like, a mini series, like they had it, but... Like, I, it? Yeah, but at the same time, to be honest, like... I, like, the only reason why I'd want to see the movie again is for the special effects and the kill scenes. <laughs> because everything else, like you said, the acting is, you know, pretty... Yeah. You know, run-in-the-mill, kind of okay, like... It's not, like,
0: Dasting huge Fuge level... Right. Where it's like I can watch that movie as many times as I want and never get tired of it.
2: Yeah, I'd call this a scenes movie. You watch it for like certain scenes. but yeah. like I wouldn't. It's not like the movie all encompassingly really, is just like incredible. I'd say like the special effects scenes are incredible, which apparently, what in post John Carpenter didn't like how like didn't like how it was shot. So he's like, eh, I'll add some. On some scenes with reverse hydraulics, so he crushed the car with like there were 17 Christines, there were 17 Plymouth Furies. For that's spell. it. 17. Wow, yes. that's and not a for car like,
1: movies. Yeah, I mean in the Herbie movies they had like 50 of them. Herbie. They had, yeah.
2: <laughs> they had more Indiana Jones fedoras for the Indiana Jones <laughs> movies than this movie had cars for Christine.
1: Seriously, so they had hydraulics when they crushed it, like inside the car pulling it.
2: Yeah. Well. I'm pretty sure they're outside of the car, but if you notice, like all the rebuilding shots are shot pretty close up, mm-hmm. so you don't see the hydraulics on the side. But like just that simple like reverse effect, like that's how they did, you know, the flood in the Ten Commandments. Like just a simple reverse shot, like that looks so good. Wow. And K- John Carpenter apparently was gonna wasn't gonna have it in in there. He just thought like you know this movie is just kind of like eh, like a lot of off screen deaths. So he kind of spiced it up a little bit with those special effects of, like, here, let's do reverse shots of. Sprinted a little
1: bit of love in there.
2: A little bit of John Carpenter. And I'm glad he did that because, like I said, those scenes along with the kill scenes and the fire scenes made the movie. Hmm. Good shit. So. Shut the fuck up, Colin. Sorry. (laughs) Fuck. I'd say, like, I'd say the. In some ways, the movie and the book are kind of apples and oranges. Just because people might have more patience with a book than a movie.
0: Well, in a book, you can go into such more detail in such less time. Like, in a book, you can read it at whatever speed you go. Exactly. With a movie, it's presented in a very rigid time frame. Right. Like, you can't control the speed at which things happen like you can in a book. Exactly. So you can go into as much detail as you want when you're writing it and someone can absorb as much as the information they choose to read.
2: Right.
0: You can't, with, with a movie, you just like, there's like a limit to what you can put on the screen. Exactly. (laughs) So, and also like a minimum you have to put on the screen. You have to put enough so that anyone can understand it, but not too much that no one can understand it. You have to like, meet the middle. Yeah. With a book, like you can, it's way more, it's way easier to be like, artistically, um, I don't know what the word is. It starts with an I. Artistically, uh... Returned. (laughs) Yeah. You just have more freedom when you're writing. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: Sure, yeah. I don't get it.
0: But I think John Carpenter did a really good job, like, making this, as you were saying earlier, making it seem, like, creepy and establishing, like, a character for an inanimate object.
1: Uh, One of my favorite scenes really? is when the car is underneath the overpass and the fat guy is just walking around like hmm, 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 hmm. maybe I'll go stab some cats or whatever in the <laughs> industrial park and then you start to slowly hear you know the you know old 50s rock and roll or whatever the hell yeah and it, it at, you know once you hear the music it becomes like this really slow, creepy, almost sinister reveal of this car and there's a lot of emotions in that scene and you, know, you can barely even you can barely even see what's going on it's almost like a tease mm-hmm. right i think just in the way that he presents just the way the way the car is filmed or christine the way that christine is filmed
4: yeah.
1: and the way he slowly reveals her like every time even with like the especially with um you know when he when the headlights flash on and they play the music, that yeah. you know keyboard. <laughs> <with>. keyboard. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I think it's almost exactly like Halloween, because, you know, Christine can't talk either. Christine mm-hmm. always stalks in the night, mm-hmm. and I think this is actually scarier than Halloween is, too.
0: It's definitely more thrilling, because Halloween, it's like, uh, you kind of know, and we were talking about this for episode one, like, we know the cues now, but, sure. like, you kind of know what's going to happen in Halloween. Like, you can... Mm-hmm can tell he's gonna get a few kills in and then the main character is gonna save the day and then he might get away at the end it's like right. really a really predictable plot With this movie I had no idea how they were gonna take out Christine how they were going to how basically I was pretty I didn't know what was gonna happen <laughs> is what, I was tra- what I'm right. trying to say yeah.
2: one of the praises for the book and the movie is they took like if you told somebody oh yeah I saw this movie called Christine it's about a killer car like that sounds so cheesy but they make it you know pretty horrifying yeah that's
0: that's why i was saying at the beginning Like Uh, i thought it was going to be just like a little cheesy fun thriller but i was really surprised at how like gripping and cool Mm -hmm. it was and how much i liked it
2: yeah
0: yeah as we were talking about uh john carver knows how to establish universes like really well everything seemed really believable Mm -hmm. and christine
2: yeah which like i said in the book Like, it doesn't go on too many tangents to the point where it's like, okay, like, get back to the the car, get back to the car. But, like, he fleshes out each character, like, so well, like, succinctly, but, like, he uses, Mm -hmm. like, he words it just right to where it's not too wordy, but to the point where it's like, okay, I know this, I know this character.
0: Like, even those small characters that were just, like, talking about how hot girls were, like, I can tell, like, Mm -hmm. not too much, but a little bit of, like, how they would be. Like, right. the movie
1: were centered around that. She's got the body of a slut. <laughs> you can't so. talk like that in movies anymore, right? It's always fun to watch these we old can't movies talk about and that see what life you can not get away right? with and can't get away with anymore. They're drinking and driving, talking mm-hmm. about sluts. I think it's not like, and it's not like you
0: should have ever been able to do that. But um, how <laughs> many
4: had the eight
2: year old thing? Yeah.
0: Gabe, can you unlock your computer again? Yeah, sure.
2: I, thought. I will say, Seriously, like game. until you're
0: unlocked to so we'll talk about it. I'll just cut this part out. Boobies. It
2: still,
0: it out. still records, so we're good. Okay, yeah, so
1: <laughs>
2: but I will say, like, I think Denny, Dennis, and Arnie, like the two main characters, are pretty interesting because Arnie, he almost reminds me of Tetsuo from Akira, where he's just kind of, he's kind of clumsy, he's kind of, you know. Oh no, for that sure, that's a thing. really good comparison. But then he, but then he just like evolves into this, like, I'm not taking crap from anybody anymore. Like, Fuck you, mom. like, it's like yeah. like
0: That's a that's a really good comparison, actually, because both Arnie and Tetsuo rely on their, like, gift mm-hmm. to, like, do whatever they're doing. Like, yeah, Arnie relies on his car, and Tetsuo relies on his telekinetics. So... Yeah. For those of you listening, we're referencing
4: a, a
2: character from a uh, 1988 anime film called Akira. But, yeah, it Arnie...
0: Yeah, we should do that movie for one of these. That would be awesome. Oh, definitely. I've
2: already seen it, but if we get enough people who haven't, I think that'd be a fun discussion. For I'm sure. sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: We should watch Akira. <laughs> Put it yeah. on the list.
2: But yeah, Arnie's like, I think he has a neat character arc in the sense that he's like, you know, he's kind of walked over that sort of thing. Then he kind of finds a power in Christine, and it just it shapes his confidence and like improves him that way. He has a girlfriend now, but then also at the same time, and he's just a complete jerk. Like that kind of takes him over, and then also Dennis is pretty cool in the sense that he is kind of like the jock, cool kid, but he's still like you know best friends with the nerdy kid. He's kind of a, he's kind of you know, good-hearted guy. I
1: love that the relationship they have. Yeah, it's I don't know. It just seems um, so out of place for an '80s movie or an '80s novel to have a jock be friends with a nerd and actually go and you know beat up the the yeah the shitters who. Try and cut him up in the shop, and stand up for him, and try and get him laid. Like, yeah. ugh. Ironi- Look, what a good guy!
2: Ironically, and this is this is minorly a spoiler. Um, We've been spoiling the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, it smells rank. It, you shouldn't, <laughs> Some should, rancid milk. Shouldn't listen to the afterward part of it. But in the book, it's not a bulldozer. Like, it's actually it's actually like a truck that's used used to haul manure. And it's pink and it's named Petunia. And so, like, Stephen King wanted it to be this, like, cat fight, like Christine versus Petunia. And it's a crap truck, so it's like, <laughs> you no. Know, there's a line where Dennis is running, you know, the poop truck, and he's just like, and the guy who's, like, lending it to him is like, what are you going to use use it for? And he's like, what it's supposed to be used for hauling shit. And so, like, it's funny because, like, throughout the book and the movie, they're like, Roland LeBay's mm. favorite term for everyone else in the world was shitters and that's why like it's ironic because they go after Christine with this you know truck used for hauling shit hmm. and so
1: I wonder why they switched that up in the final you know in the boss battle the caterpillar versus the versus Christine
2: I think it's just I think it's part of the you know, book to movie adaptation they weren't able to develop the whole like shitter theme well enough Hmm. Her name is
0: Yeah, I like. Uh, I like that you use the word boss battle, because I was <laughs> thinking. I was thinking of. Like, no, I, you might fight. I can see that in a video game, like the whole part where Christine knocks down the wall and it allows access into the office to close the door and stuff. <laughs> I was like, that's like I can see that in like a game, like.
2: Yeah, it it's be something do an episode. Christine, it'd be crazy. Yeah,
0: that'd be amazing. It's just a classic trope of like gaming. I need to stop saying like, man.
2: Yeah.
0: It's something I need to work on you should, you should bleep
2: out all the likes <laughs> you know, you know I mean? the apps and the shits and all that stuff but just bleep out the likes
0: Yeah, it was, it's boop um... <laughs> uh, imagine the bulldozer and the car as like fight one, <laughs> and, one. Then, fight. and then um, Christine breaks down the wall and then you're able to get in the office and then that starts phase two the map is expanding yeah, exactly. I thought it was really cool.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's also really cool? And I always kind of, I always had this problem with some of the Stephen King stuff, um, specifically It, is, you know, he's got the, this badass villain, you know, this crazy clown, mm-hmm. demon, whatever the hell, and then he yeah. ends up, like, getting killed by some fucking kids. with yeah. like battery acid or something in the, in the one. But, but I like, regardless, like, you know, this clown's, like, killing everybody in the movie, in the book, and then some kids just, like, fucking dance on him in the end. In this movie, um, you know, it. everyone seems to be fucking up, pretty left, pretty much left and right, even in the caterpillar. Like, he, he can barely get his shit together to, to fuck this car up. Yeah. Which is why it was funny watching the girl just stand there as the car is about to, like, you know, run her over and eat her or whatever, because... Mm-hmm. You know he's not doing too hot. And, you know, so far he's almost let her die like two or three times. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you, you, you should you should go in the uh, go wait in the office. I promise the car's not over there under that pile of shit. It won't kill. How did you, the car get yeah. under that pile? Of Here's car. Christine.
0: How did the garbage <laughs> get on top of it? Did it was it like putt-putt and it like had a little <laughs> antenna and just like scooped it on top of himself?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know. Is there a play those games? Putt-putt? No. The little purple car. It's like you were playing like Freddy Fish or Pajama Sam? Are you making shit up right no, now? No, <laughs> I'm not. They were like kids Already games. I heard of these, yeah. Well, there was a Freddy game. Freddy Fish or
1: Pajama Sam?
0: Yeah, they were kids games. They're like point and click games that I played yeah, when I was a kid. Like some sort and of there was one called there was one called Put where he was just a little purple car, and <laughs> okay. he had like an antenna that he would use to like do stuff. But I guess I'm just talking out my ass because no one knows what they are, <laughs> and I'm sad now. What did, uh, what's John Carpenter's next movie after this?
2: It might have been I don't know it might have been Big Trouble which I don't be surprised because I feel like this is kind of Yeah, I is, think it was. Because the Big thing Trouble was, is
0: 85 isn't it?
2: Huh? 85 or 86? 86. 86 I think. I'm going to look up look Same up.
0: year as Return of the Jedi.
2: This one, yeah. Was, yeah.
0: Return of the Jedi I, was what 86. What did you think of Big
1: Trouble by the way?
2: No, was Return of the Jedi 83? Yeah.
0: Are you sure? Yeah. I'm looking it up.
2: Are you with I think that big I'm term? gonna look up his filmography.
0: It was um, awesome, but we're not talking about right, that right now.
2: Anyways, um, yeah, you can kind of tell that this was his second like studio feature because this was this felt like a transition from the thing to Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, he did a film called Starman.
1: Star a year Man? after that, what was his? You said his first one was called Dark Star. Dark Star, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he was still in school when he made that one. And then he's
2: gonna come out with a new film called Dark Star Man. Just kidding, I <laughs> made that
1: up. Um, what was his last film he ever did?
2: The Ward 2010?
1: Hmm. The Ward.
2: Apparently, like recently, like in the 2000s, he started making pretty low, low budget movies again. But his music career is still doing pretty well. I actually saw a music video for, like, the to this song it's pretty funny because like christine is like chasing like some random girl down and then like you see through the windows and it's john carpenter driving the car <laughs> She's just like get in and she gets in and it's like it's so, it's so weird john carpenter is such a badass though even so, though he's uh, old.
0: i've got a question for cole since, you, since he's been quiet over there in the corner what was your opinion on the camera work
3: I thought it was pretty great, but again, I haven't seen too many movies from the 80s to compare it to. Um, I think the movie was really well done. They had a nice variety of shots. Um, I didn't really see too many issues with maybe a shot that lasted too long. Um, I know that can sometimes be an issue if you have like a 20-second shot and you just lose concentration because they haven't cut anything in 20 Mm -hmm. seconds. Um, And I don't think this movie had anything like that. Um, definitely kept it interesting, and you were attached to the movie the whole time. Um, I don't even think I looked down at my phone, maybe once. Or twice. Yeah,
0: that's what I was saying for Halloween. Uh, I was yeah. having such a hard time look, not looking at my phone when I'm watching movies, but for Halloween and this, I looked at it maybe once.
3: Yeah, I agree, and that's kind of—I mean—that kind of gives you a rough idea of how good the movie actually is. Yeah. Um, if you're not having to look down at your phone, then obviously you're having a good time and you're enjoying the movie.
0: You were saying something about some type of lens
3: they're using um, I noticed that it had some anamorphic lenses does that um, just
0: make the flares on the lights
3: it, yeah it's like you can get anamorphic lenses that are like 1.33 times and it's just the aspect ratio so most cameras will shoot in like a 16 by 9 aspect ratio and then uh, like an anamorphic lens uh, aspect ratio I'm pretty sure this is what it is it's 23: 5 colon one and that's mm. the aspect ratio. Um, so it's it's a lot more, um, I guess height-wise, it's very short, but it's incredibly wide, and that's when you get like the weird or not weird, but cool um, horizontal lens flares that you would see in the movie. Hmm. Okay, um, and that's because of that aspect ratio changing. Um, so I thought it was really cool. Um, I know uh, anamorphic lenses are pretty expensive. Um, I think the budget for this film was 10 million. I looked it up yeah. and. They produced around twenty million uh, in the box office, so they did have a nice profit there. Yeah, um, and I think they did really well with what they had, and I'm sure at the time those anamorphic lenses were pretty expensive. Um, and I think they definitely used them for yeah. the right shots.
0: It's uh, we were talking about for Halloween that the theme song was sort of like an alarm for Michael yeah. Myers. The headlights here are an alarm for Christine. I would say.
2: Oh yeah, and it's fused with music too. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would the, the music is less impactful here because it's like hits and they're all different songs yeah but I think the headlights and with what you were saying about the camera work really implements that warning sign of something's about to go down mm-hmm. I, I would like to see more of when um, Lee was choking like the first time the car attacked someone all the flashing lights inside that don't yeah. happen that one scene I would have liked to see more stuff yeah. like that. Because yeah. it was sort of, it made it really more paranormal than just, right. like, a, an evil car. And I, I really liked that scene because it was really mm-hmm. sort of dreamlike and weird. And
2: well, I, they also had to kind of, you know, make it show that it wasn't just a coincidence that she was choking. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. that the car was, like, playing a role in
0: it. Mm-hmm. But I think that could have been established yeah. just as fine with the radio turning on by itself. So right. That's what happens every other time in the film but for this one time the inside lights got really bright and the wi- right. the windshield wipers stopped working and all that. well I guess the windshield wiper stopped to get um, Arnie out of the car right. but there was all that weird crazy sort of I don't know <laughs> just above and I don't know what I'm trying to say there was a bunch of weird stuff happening in that part that didn't happen again and I would have liked to see right. it happen again
2: especially since they used the radio as kind of a tool for Christine to communicate yeah like usually the words like had something relevant yeah I'm or curious like to
0: like look at all of the, the songs that she plays and sort of see <clears> if they <throat> how they tie in to whoever she attacks because
2: with Arnie like when Arnie's in the car she's usually playing like love songs or something like that but then like yeah
0: hmm. I don't really agree with it being a love story No. I don't feel the
1: sense of kinda of felt like Romeo and Juliet to me.
3: Yeah, I didn't really feel the love story aspect. I felt more like this was a troubled guy who's getting possessed by his car.
4: I Can felt least, more yeah, of a, I felt more of a
0: like, yeah. I felt more of a parasitic attraction. Right than a love attract like a romance attraction.
2: It was a tragic love story, which like you could argue like Romeo and Juliet like isn't even like a love story just because it's so like it's just so full of infatuation, so full of like, you know, possession and that sort of thing, as opposed to like authentic love. Like, it, it depends. Like, yeah.
4: Hmm.
1: I don't know. I th- I think it's fun to think of it as a love story, but um, when you you guys were talking about um, when you guys were talking about lenses a little bit ago, I wanted to ask: Do you guys notice how many of the shots in this movie are dynamic? at least the one centered around the car, the camera is almost never static when it's representing Christine. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. I think that might be... Um, I was trying to think about why that is, because I think as a director or as a cinematographer, you have to make a very conscious decision when you're going to decide to move that camera or keep it still. Yeah. You know, Because those are very different rigs, but I think what it might be and maybe why this is such a good in it Inanimate an horror movie is uh, a dynamic camera is going to be far more interesting than a static camera. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: well, a car can't emote, mm-hmm. so yeah. you have to make up for it with camera work. Probably is probably one of the reasons that that had to happen.
2: Honestly, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, David Fincher is known for using a very stationary. Uh, she, yeah, he's known for using a very stationary camera because he likes the camera to be omniscient like presence mm-hmm. like the camera's there for a reason like it's n- it knows that these things are going to happen and in films like seven like and some of those seven is known for using the most handheld shots which even then it's only like seven throughout the entire movie Seven, seven. Like, <laughs> yeah and usually <laughs> and usually those shots they're like very like he doesn't use like the shaky cam but you can tell it's like handheld cam and those are the scenes that are the most agitated so like I think like you know the dialogue scenes of course they're very they're very stationary, like okay like it knows to be there, but then when the car's there like I think it I think it really like has an impact on the viewer because like if the viewer was in that situation they they'd know like where to look in the conversation, but when there's this killer car, what are they gonna focus on? What are they gonna do? They're gonna like be watching the car, but it's gonna be frantically. So I think the camera like transition from, like, okay, we're just feeling this conversation into, like, oh, crap, there's this killer car, and now it's a little more frantic, a little more handheld. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, if there's any shake, it's natural. Also, I totally messed up the aspect ratio for anamorphic. It one, or also known as 241, because it's 241, and they just ride up to 40. Mm-hmm. So I was totally wrong on the aspect that's all right, sure, right. Yeah, that's fine. We yeah. forgive we you. We forgive you. Okay.
1: <laughs> you can Just back. this once.
0: Okay. <laughs> you only get one more mistake. Then I buddy. Then you're out of here. Don't let it happen again.
2: <laughs>
0: we don't right. make mistakes in this podcast. I
1: hear you.
0: We're hitting 50 minutes plus the intro. Oh, gosh. So, um, we can wrap it up if you guys don't have anything else to say.
2: I just wanted to say a few, few fun thoughts I was thinking. Um, this movie has inspired me to use the possessed car excuse if I ever, you know, interfere with any auto laws. <laughs> Sir, do you know how fast you were going? It's not my fault, officer. Well yeah. My car is haunted. Pristine. My damn haunted car keeps parking itself in prohibited parking spots. Now I have six hundred and sixty six parking tickets. My Buickless saber keeps cutting people down. Why do people keep accusing me of running down all these people. My car did it.
1: Oh man Gabe. They still make this shade of beige? I don't know. <laughs> I bought it.
2: Actually, that's an interesting fact you bring up because Plymouth Fury wasn't originally distributed in red. Like, They make a point in the book that like he applied the red, like Roland LeBay, the, the mean guy, he applied the red paint and that kind of made it distinctive because there are no other autumn red Plymouth Furies. Really? Like, this is, you know, the paint job was his work. And whenever the car oh, gets is a special order,
1: because they do show it in the factory, right in the assembly line.
2: But that scene's not in the book. <sighs> That's true. Because like the movie makes a point of saying like the car's evil right off the bat. It's killing people and crushing hands in the factory. Yeah. This like the car is a perfectly normal car except it's possessed.
1: I think it's really interesting that Stephen King chose to make this. I know we're trying to wrap it up here. We don't have to. I was just saying if I, anyone didn't have anything else to say. I think it's really interesting that. Stephen King would choose to cast the Plymouth Fury as the car that, w- that would play Christine because it's not a very common car. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly revered. I mean, I think it is now because of the movie, because people know this movie, car guys yeah. know this movie, but I mean, I go to a lot of car shows, I never see Plymouth Furies. You know, I think... Um, I, I kind of thought, I always... I assumed it was John Carpenter's decision to use the Plymouth Fury because I think that would be a relatively cheaper car to cast. I mean, nobody really, I think at that point, would really know what it was or really remember them. They weren't particularly memorable. I mean, in 57, you know, everything was outshined by the Chevy Bel Air. So the Plymouth Fury is never talked about. I thought maybe it was just a budget thing.
2: I think it makes sense, though, because, you know... Arnie's kind of a neglected character, and if you draw that parallel with Christine, like you have this more or less like obscure type of car, and now now they're popular because of the book and the movie, even though yeah, book and movie are kind it's kind of kinda like with Breaking clouds. Bad and the
1: Pontiac Aztecs. such a stupid, hmm. weird, quirky choice, but now right. people want Aztecs because of Breaking Bad.
0: Yeah, so, so like, I want that little yellow piece of shit that Saul drives the yeah that the Suzuki Esteem <laughs> is, that what it, is that the brand uh huh that's awesome that you know that I
4: have a question if so I can I yeah, yeah. Does, of course Tori uh, does Arnie's spirit now possess Christine
1: I don't know I guess that's a good question I guess he
2: possesses that you know that it's three by three around. by three like cube <laughs> yeah that, he's a cube <laughs> yeah that can Arnie's twitch like breaking out you I want
4: something interesting earlier like sorry I'll no break. go ahead about saying that, like, um, you thought that Arnie changed as, like, kind of more of a power thing from having the car. Oh, definitely. But I kind of also, like, was confused as to whether the LeBay guy was possessing not only the car, but Arnie, too? Or was it actually changing Arnie, which is why I asked if we thought that Arnie actually not possessed Christine.
2: Well, in the book, like, Arnie, like, it does show signs of like LeBay actually possessing Arnie, but like part of the book is described from Dennis's point of view. It's weird. It's divided into three acts, and in the second act, Dennis is in the hospital, so the whole book just switches to third person. But the first and third act are first person from Dennis's perspective. And when he's writing with Arnie, like he actually says, like he sees Arnie's face almost like transform into LeBay's face that LeBay, like, Arnie just, like, you know, throughout the book just looks older and older. And so, like, I do definitely think that, like, you know, LeBay possesses Arnie, so... And also in the book, uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but they say, like, there's a char- another character in the book who's killed, and, like, he's killed later, but before he was And then you know there's a report of him being killed in California by a car so it's like oh man Christine's back Hitting and so right. they believe that like, Christine too so they, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they they believe that LeVay did kind of like you know come back like rebuild this car from a cube and is now like you know on the loose hmm. so I think I I'd don't love think to it would see be a, a
1: follow-up to this movie.
2: I think it would be interesting now that they've set it up. You know, it's kind of like the superhero movie where it's like the first movie is a little slow because they have origin story, but then the second one has way more action. I
0: I just want to know where the soul is located. Like if there's a certain part you have to destroy to permanently cleanse the car of its spirit. You know what I mean? Possibly. It's a horror
2: movie. The soul is immortal because they need more sequels. (laughs)
1: They destroyed they pretty much every inch sequels? of the car. Exactly.
4: But why? Do we know why there wasn't a sequel? Because I feel like they set it up pretty well for there to be a sequel. Yeah, the little bending at the yeah. end?
1: Nah, I think that's just like a hey, hey, look at what we can do. There right. yeah, could be another movie. but They probably just left it
4: open. They probably just
0: left the opportunity open in case they wanted to.
4: they didn't. Right.
0: Um, probably a good thing that it didn't happen. Yeah. 80 sequels don't normally... We're about to, we're about to hit an hour, so we probably gotta wrap it up. Um... Any final thoughts?
2: At the, at the end of the first episode, we kind of gave, you know, a rating. Oh, yeah, we did. I IMDB gave this movie, like, a 6.6. 6, so I would probably give it somewhere around that. I would say, you know, yeah, a 6.6 6. 6. 6 or 6. 7, yeah. That's what I'd yeah, give. Yeah, I'd say 6 or 7, but I think, you know, you have, you know, you have out of 10 rating systems, you have star systems, you have grade systems. I think it would be funny if we had a rating system... Where you score it like golf, it's <laughs> based on the amount of times you look at your phone. So like oh, okay. a really good movie is zero looks at the phone. Yeah. A bad movie is like.
0: So this 20. one get this one gets a two for
2: me. A two, okay. Two looks at the phone. I didn't look at my phone.
1: So zero. That's a zero. Yeah.
4: yeah. A zero for me too.
1: But I, mean, I adore a John
2: very subjective Carver. Rating system because. So we'll give it something. the
0: golf rating and then uh out of ten. So my rating is officially. I'm going to give it a strong 6 to light 7. Out, okay. then out of 10. And then I'm going to give it a 2 for the golf score.
1: 2 looks. Gotcha. What about you guys? Um, I don't know that I'm qualified to judge this movie. I don't know what I'd be judging it to. I guess other 80s horror movies. Just an opinion. Mm, well, I adore this movie. So I'd probably give it an 8.5. Nice. Um, because for me... I'm it's easy for me to overlook some of the things that feel stale today because it does so many things so well including yeah. how dynamic it is. I mean, you know, characters, story, even the dialogue, mm-hmm. the film work. It's like an onion. It's There's a lot of layers. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me want to cry. Tori?
4: I would probably give it like a 7 or 8. I actually really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gabe? Like I said, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, as far as looks, I didn't look at my phone at all, but I mean, there there were a couple of a couple of times I was a little tempted, but I just, I don't look at my phone too much. But I mean, I I'd say I was probably tempted maybe two times. But,
0: two times. So cool.
2: More more or less your opinion, Oliver.
0: Yeah. But well, you, you guys, guys are, are shitters. shitters. Looks like um, we're the right ones. Six or yeah. seven. What about you, Cole?
3: Um, I give it a soft six. I'd definitely a uh...
0: soft six, meaning like strong five.
3: A strong five, yeah. Star
4: okay.
0: Five, okay. We have um, a hater. I'm really
3: into, I guess, the new wave of movies with all the visual effects that happen in post-production.
0: You just got to get into the old shit, man. I know.
3: Well, this is my first one, <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, just get my feet wet when it comes to the 80s. We'll watch more. We'll watch, I'll yeah,
0: I'll, I'll expose you. Gabe will expose you. We'll yeah. all expose ourselves um, to
3: but On a phone looked, I, I honestly don't know how many times I looked at my phone. Probably between the four and six mark. Um, so a little bit higher than everyone yeah, else.
0: You really hated this movie, didn't you?
3: Grindr. No, I, I was just... <laughs> texting, so, But I didn't really get on any social media. It was just to respond to a text. Oh, okay. So that doesn't I, count. Yeah, yeah he had a girlfriend. Like, the phone
0: looks only count if you're doing it to, like, distract yourself. Right. If you're responding so I wasn't to really something. So really
3: browsing. So, right. I mean... But again, I, I feel like a soft six is yeah. a lot higher than what I give a lot of movies. So... That's cool. Fair. I mean,
0: that's a positive rating. Like anything above a five, if you ask me. So, all right. So, again, thank you guys for being on this. This is episode three of No Degree. Yeah. This lovely group of people has joined me for the second time. What's next week? What is next week, Gabe? What's Halloween, the, the new one. Oh, the new one? Yeah. We should, okay.
2: We should order tickets after this. Yes, we should. I'm
0: down for the new Halloween. We'll have to figure out a place to record for it. We'll have to figure out carpools. but um. Definitely down to see that. That'll be a cool sort of end to spooky month since all of the first four episodes have been horror or horror, horror related. <laughs> <Carpenter> related. Yeah. <laughs> we need to branch away from that. So the, that second the second episode's venom, so we got at least a little bit of variation. Oh
2: yeah. Um hopefully this will kind of you know launch this podcast a little more just because yeah. covering something current. Once we get
0: it once we start getting into more varied films, I think is when we're gonna get to the
1: prime.
2: Well, everyone's really Meat.
1: excited about this new Halloween film So yeah. uh, we're able to
0: get that coverage We should just bring a second so Microphone in the theater yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, thanks everyone for listening This is the third episode of No Degree I'm joined here with Gabe, Tori, <laughs> Colin and Cole <laughs> Sorry. Boy. Colin Colin's so over choking We will see you next time with the new Halloween movie I think this will be the last episode of Spooky Month aka October, that will be released. There might be one more episode after that since I record these um, twice a week. Um, But we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. And good night. Good night.
3: Good riddance.